Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and every every other species and type of person, because you're you're all special. Welcome to the best live stream of all time. It's called Coffee with Scott Adams, and it features something. Have you heard of it? It's called the simultaneous sip. Yeah, yeah, I know some of you have heard of it. Hold on, let me stretch my lavalier microphone cords to reach over here and grab my notes. Well, I'll be taking some uh, questions today because there's not much news. It's the weekend. It's a holiday weekend. And wow, is it slow news. Slow, slow news. But one way to make this uh, situation spectacular well, there's a few ways, but uh, one way to do it is the simultaneous sip. And if you'd like to join in, and I know you would, all you need is a copper mugger glass, a tanker, chalice, sign, a canteen, jug, a flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure, the dopamine of the day. One of the top two things you can do with one hand. It's called the simultaneous sip. And it's going to happen right now. Go. Uh, Was it good for you? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Sometimes you think, I don't know if it's going to be good this time. And then it is. It is. It's amazing. Well, let's talk about the fake news, because there isn't much real news. I think the people who make the fake news are mostly on vacation. So we have to rely on actual, organic, real news. Not much happening. You got basically helicopter accidents and and rain. That's all you got for news. All right, anyway, uh, Rolling Stone ran a story, tweeted, about an interview with a doctor, and it was associated with some Oklahoma hospital, and he claimed, he claimed that the hospital was turning away gunshot victims and other people because it was overrun with people who were doing overdose levels of uh, horse dewormer, also known as ivermectin. Horse dewormer, yes. In fact, in fact, according to Rolling Stone, so many people had uh, heard fake news about this uh, thera- therapeutic that they had run out, and instead of buying the human version, which is available, no, they decided to buy the horse dewormer version, because that makes sense. And uh, they took so much of this horse dewormer, which I pause to warn you, not a good idea, don't do it, that they that they were packing the uh, ICUs and the emergency rooms, and those hospitals could barely stay in, what? Oh, it was all fake news. Uh, person, apparently the doctor who gave the interview is uh, not really even working at that hospital, had some as- vague association with it, and the hospital says absolutely none of that is true. The total number of people who were in their hospital for uh, horse dewormer overdose is zero. Zero. Now, how many other outlets picked up that fake news and ran with it? A lot of them. (laughs) So 
Uh, I didn't see it myself, but I saw a reference to CNN and some other places may have picked it up. Uh, I'd like to think some other news organizations were maybe uh, holding off on that. But there's your fake news. Um, But as Ian Miles Chiang says on Twitter, he points out that a lot of people were debunking that story, as, as they should, but uh, who was debunking the story that said that Japan was going to make ivermectin a standard part of their coronavirus treatment? And I said, what? Because I did see some kind of a story about Japan using ivermectin, but it turns out it was just one guy, and it was just a suggestion. So there's nothing even close to Japan formalizing some kind of ivermectin recommendation. It was just one guy. Just a suggestion. Um, New York Times is getting some grief <laughs> over having to change a headline. Now, you may have noticed that as the public sentiment toward Biden uh, sinks, uh, probably in lockstep with the, the media, that the media is turning on Biden a little bit, the, the media that normally supports him. But here's the funniest example of them uh, <laughs> getting caught trying to make that pivot. So the New York Times uh, was doing a story about Biden meeting with the Gold Star families who lost, lost uh, children, grown children, um, in Afghanistan. And the original headline said, quote, Biden, still grieving his son, finds that not everyone wants to hear about it. So the, the essence of it was that he was talking too much about his own grief and maybe not enough about the grief of the, uh, the people he was there to, to console. And uh, I guess the New York Times got quite a backlash on that. They got a backlash. Surprise. There are enough people who support Biden that they, uh, they created a backlash. And within hours, the, the headline was changed. And it got changed to, in invoking Bo, Biden broaches a loss that's guided his presidency. (laughs) Uh, Look at the difference in that. Let me read them again. So original headline, Biden, still grieving his son, finds that not everyone wants to hear about it because there were some complaints about it. But other people supported it and said that it made them feel connected. And and then that changed to, in invoking Bo, Biden broaches a loss that's guided his presidency. (laughs) That's That's kind of an interesting and subtle little backpedal there. All right, one of the things I love is watching the battle between Fox News and CNN, and specifically the on-air talent. It's because the on-air talent likes to get personal with their counterparts at the other network. And i got to say, it's one of my favorite things about the media right now is that they go after each other almost every day and you know, mock each other. And I was, I was trying to think, how important is it and the answer is, it might be kind of important. It might be the kind of thing that changes elections. Take, for example, the current story about uh, Jim Acosta. He, was, uh, he did a little commentary on CNN, and he was label, labeling Tucker Carlson, quote, uh, a human manure spreader, you know, and accused him of various racist conspiracy theories, whatever. Now, it doesn't matter what he's accusing him of because they're always going back and forth on stuff. But imagine this. 
Um, consider the size of Tucker Carlson's audience and the size of Fox News's you know, reach. Tucker's probably the most important voice on the right at this point. If you just take the amount of his influence and multiply it by the, the size of his audience, I don't know if anybody would have a, a bigger number multiplying, you know, if you could theoretically come up with some kind of a, a number or grade for how influential somebody is on top of how big their audience is. I don't know if anybody would have a bigger combination. So imagine, if you will, that uh, CNN could manage to take Tucker Carlson off the air. Now, they would do it presumably just because it would be good for competition, right? they try to take out their competitor. But what would happen to the republic? How many people do you think, hypothetically, theoretically, if I could use it in a non-scientific sense, how many people do you think Tucker Carlson influences to vote the way they vote? It's not zero. But is it enough that if you took his voice out, I see Rush Limbaugh being mentioned in the comments. Yeah, same thing. If you take out a Rush Limbaugh, uh, Greg Guffeld, you know, if you, you know the, the people who've got the biggest audiences, do you change votes? You know, I asked on Twitter, I asked my Twitter followers, I don't know, a few years ago, I asked how many people decided to vote for Trump because of something I said. And I think I got 1,500 people said they changed their vote specifically because of something I said. Now, that was just my tiny little uh, Twitter following and the people who saw that Twitter poll and also wanted to answer it. So I had 1,500 people after all of those filters that said directly that I changed their vote. How many people have their vote changed by a a Tucker Carlson or a Hannity or a Rush Limbaugh? It's a big number. You know, we, we could find out that the passing of Rush Limbaugh ends up changing the, you know, the, the look of America. I mean, it could be enough. Because all of our presidential elections are kind of close. So one major voice taken off the field, if it's, you know, somebody as big as a Tucker or, or a Limbaugh was. I don't know. Could that change politics? I think it could, hypothetically. All right. So, that's fun. Um, I just tweeted just before I got out here, and so it's worth checking it out on my Twitter feed. It would be near the top. Uh, So, Andres Beckhaus was doing some translating on a German, uh, uh, I think it was a virologist, an expert, talking about basically the only way we have out of the pandemic. And what was special about it is it seemed like it was the first honest expert opinion that I've seen. Because, you know, I keep asking, what exactly is the strategy? What are we trying to do? Are we still flattening the curve or trying to get to zero? It feels like it's not being expressed in a way that the public can say, okay, I like it or I don't like it, but at least I know what it is. Like, I understand it. And then every country is doing its own thing in every state. So you don't really have a a good sense of what the, the strategy is. And so that's what uh, this, this piece describes from this expert. Uh, and the basic idea is this. So you want to get from a pandemic where you know, 
people are dying and it's affecting the... Uh, or they're, buying, they're dying at too large a rate and it's affecting the economy and life and all that. You want to get to the point where it's just sort of endemic, where it's something you live with because it's not going away. So here's an expert saying, it's not going away. <laughs> so, so let's just hear this as, as clearly as we can. New Zealand, it's not going away. It's just not going away. Right? So that's the first part of the strategy you need to know. It's not going away. So um, how do you live with it? And his suggestion is that if you got over-vaccinated, if such a thing existed, it might not be good. Because uh, if too few people get the infection, you can't get to the, the better kind of immunity where people just learn to live with it like a, a cold, basically. So the idea is that maybe the best strategy is to be vaccinated and infected. But in the long run, you want the vaccinations and the infections to be at a low rate so that they're not you know, wiping out our, our health care system. So I don't know if anybody said that directly before, have they? Has anybody said directly, we want to be vaccinated and infected? Because it's the only way to get from pandemic to endemic, where you just live with it. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm seeing in the comments somebody says, I, uh, I said it. Well, that's true. But I, uh, I don't think anybody who had credentials had said it out loud that I've heard of. So, so that would be interesting. Now, that's just one person giving their one opinion. It doesn't mean it's any country's strategy yet, but it should be. Um, Twitter user Paul Collider um, had an observation that I think is uh, pretty meaningful as we're trying to sort out you know, ivermectin and what's real and what's not. And uh, Paul notes that uh, no horse has died of COVID. And I thought to myself, well, that's true. No horse has died of COVID. At least as far as we know. Now, if we've learned anything from the election, um, the last election, it's that if a court has not found any fraud, then there was none. Because the court didn't find it. (laughs) Likewise, if there are no news reports of any horses dying of COVID, well, there are none. That's proof. No reports of it means there are none, just like the election. And uh, since we know uh, horses take this uh, ivermectin stuff for horses, don't you put that in your body, people. I'm talking about horse dewormer made for horses. Don't put it in your body. But uh, if horses are taking it and no horses have died of COVID... Just putting it out there. Ipso facto, QED, logic. That's called logical. That's how it works. Uh, If any dumb people are watching, I'm just joking. Just joking. CNN has their uh, anecdotal persuasion brainwashing of the day. Every day they will have a story about somebody who tragically had a bad outcome with Uh, COVID-19, who wishes now they had been vaccinated? Oh, boy, do they wish now they had been vaccinated. So today's is the Florida teen who spent 11 days on a ventilator, nearly died. Uh, But she looks like she'll be okay now. 
And she has a message for her peers that they should get vaccinated. Uh, did I mention obese? Oh, the story doesn't mention her weight. But the photograph does. Feels like that's important to the story and yet overlooked. But the photograph tells that story. Because if we're not telling people to lose weight and we're only telling them to get vaccinated, I feel as if part of the story has been left out. All right, uh, I asked this provocative question on Twitter. I said, uh, does it really matter if we ever have proof that the Wuhan lab was the source of the coronavirus? Now, almost every one of you is going to say something like, of course it matters. Of course it matters. Because if you don't know the source of the leak, number one, how are you ever going to correct what the problem was? Number two, you've got to hold somebody accountable. You've got to hold China accountable if it came from there. And if it didn't come from there, well, then we should back off of China. That would only be fair. So yes, yes, it matters a lot. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter even a little bit. <laughs> because China will always say it didn't come from there. Right? Is there anything we could possibly do in any universe that would make China say, oh, you got us, you got us, yep, came from there. So there will always be competing stories. There will always be people saying it did, and there will always be major entities saying it didn't. So that's not going to change. Now, what is it that we would fix if we found out it did come from China? What would we do differently? Would we say, hey, now that we know this got out from the lab, I'm just brainstorming here, but why don't we try to make the uh, deadly virus lab as secure as we can? Is that what they're going to do? Or were they already trying to do that? Is it possible that they tried already to make it as secure as they possibly could? And did they? (laughs) Did they? Uh, maybe take it up another notch, not even knowing if it came from the lab, don't you think they maybe took it up another notch? Probably. And it doesn't matter if we ever find out it came from that lab because they're still, they're still going to treat it like it did. So I think in terms of you know finding out how it got out, we're never going to know whose shoe it came out on, You know, just to use a, a silly example. We're not going to know, you know which crack in the window the, the first coronavirus snuck through, right? I mean, even if we found out it came from the lab, and I'm just joking about the examples, obviously, we're not going to know exactly how it got out of the lab. We'll just know, well, it looks like it came from there somehow. So the best we can do is, you know, triple our efforts to make labs that have any kind of danger in them extra, extra safe. And I'm sure they're doing that anyway. Aren't you? I mean, I feel like they would be doing that anyway, no matter what. So I don't buy the argument that we would do anything differently because we're probably doing everything we can. Next, what about holding China accountable? Well, you can't hold them accountable in, a, in the normal way because they'll just say they didn't do it. They'll just say it really came from America. It's propaganda. And you can't hold them accountable by, I don't know what, giving them the bill? Are we going to invoice them? And China's going to be, oh, darn it. We've been saying we had nothing to do with this. 
But now we have an invoice. Well, I guess, guess we have to pay the $10 trillion. Write a check, will you? Write that check. I mean, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and do you imagine that there's some kind of retaliation we would do for this that we're not doing for the Uyghurs? <laughs> that we're not doing over trade injustices, you know, stealing our IP? Suddenly we're going to get tough? Like, this will be the thing that makes us get tough? I doubt it. Because I think we're doing everything that you can do with a nuclear superpower that's you know a gigantic part of the world economy. There's just so much you can do. We're probably already at the edge of it. <clears throat> so I think if you really thought about it, you would learn that uh, it will never matter if we know where it came from. It just won't ever matter. Um, and what else is going on? Well, um, Ron DeSantis in Florida, they've got this deal where they're going to fine any entity in Florida $5,000 if that entity requires uh, vaccination proof. So if the only way you can use a company is by proving you're vaccinated, Florida will now fine you $5,000. To which I say, unless... Unless Trump runs for re-election, the Republicans can just skip the primaries. Because <laughs> I feel like it's just got to be, you know, it's got to be DeSantis, right? I, don't, I can't imagine anybody else would even have a chance at this point. He's doing such a populist, you know, spot-on, this is what the people want. Even if maybe science disagrees, it's what the people want. And that's who vote. So... Uh, it's kind of perfect again. But again, you know, if, if uh, Trump decides to run, I'm sure he'll get the nomination. But here's the counter-argument. As popular as this is, because people don't like, um, or a lot of people don't like the vaccination-proof idea, there's a little bit of a pushback on the free market concept, which is, why can't a business decide to do any kind of business they want. If they're not discriminating based on, let's say, race or religion, uh, and not really discriminating on, uh, I don't know, disability or anything else, really, if they're not doing one of the forbidden discriminations, why can't a, a company in the United States say, you must wear a shirt? They can Right? They, they can say, we won't serve you if you don't wear a shirt. Um, what about shoes? They can say, you can't come in our, our place if you don't have shoes. So why can't they say, you can't come in if you don't have a vaccination? I'm not, this is not my argument. I'm just giving the argument, right? So don't blame me. I'm just telling you what the argument is. That's not, that's not a bad argument. I, I feel as if I have a little conflict on this one. Don't you? Don't you have a little conflict on this one? Because it seems like there are two things that, you, that we want, and we can't have them both. What we would want, perhaps, is to use any business you want, whether you're vaccinated or not. Some of you would. Many of you wouldn't. Uh, but you'd also like free markets. Can't have both, I guess. Pick one. Well, Joe Rogan announces, good news, he has uh, um, tested negative for covid so he, I guess he wasn't vaccinated. I'm pretty sure that's the story. 
But he did give it the whole cocktail of uh, therapeutics from um, monoclonals to vitamin D drip to uh, ivermectin to I don't know what else. And um, he says now he's testing negative for COVID. Now, normally, um, that would only mean that he was negative because the test just tests the human being. But what if he also had horse worms in his digestive system? Could the worms themselves also have COVID? Well, I'm not sure that that would be picked up in the test. But we don't have to worry about that because he took the ivermectin. And so even if, in the unlikely event, he had any horse worms in him, they would be dead too because of the ivermectin. So I think that's as thoroughly as, uh, as dewormed and uh, devirused as you can get. So Joe Rogan might be the healthiest person on the planet because <laughs> not only... Does he not have COVID? He's immune as hell, and he definitely does not have worms. So, good on him for being uh, that healthy. But here's the thing to watch. There is a big, big second part of the story, and unless something barks, it's a dog not barking problem, kind of. I overuse that analogy. But, uh, and it goes like this. God forbid, nobody wants this to happen, of course. But what if he has long-haul symptoms? I don't want to jinx it, so, you know, knock on wood. Let's say that he doesn't have that. But there's a risk here. Remember I was talking about uh, Tucker Carlson and the big media figures. They do change votes. There are, you know, 20 people or so you could name that absolutely can change how we think about a topic and they can do it overnight. What happens if he gets long haul? Now, I'm not even sure long haul is real, right? I mean, people report it. People are very credible in reporting it. Doctors report having it. Dr. Drew, for example. So, you know, to me, it looks completely credible. But, you know, we live in a world where we could be surprised about just about anything these days. So maybe it's not even real. You know, maybe it's a, just a series of coincidences. But what if it's real? Well, actually, even if it's not. Uh, if, if Joe Rogan had any kind of health problem after, after this, people are going to associate it with long haul, even if it's not. right? So people are going to be watching his uh, post, you know, post-infection recovery like nobody else's since Trump, I guess. And because uh, Joe Rogan is sort of uh, also famous for his you know, healthy fitness-related lifestyle, if he were to get long haul, that's going to change the whole conversation. So let's hope that doesn't happen for, for his benefit, primarily. Um, I, I almost don't want to even talk about this next thing because it's sad, but I think we need to talk about it. Dana Prino's dog, Jasper, America's dog, has passed away after nine years. And i got to say, it's like the saddest thing that I've seen in the news in a long time. <laughs> I, uh, it actually affected me. You know? I mean, it's not even my dog. And if you don't watch Fox News, you don't know what I'm talking about. But she, she sort of made her, her personal dog 
uh, a character that you know everybody who watched the show would know and, and love, and quite successfully sort of you know built it into her brand and stuff. And uh, you ended up loving that dog even though you didn't know it. You felt like you knew it. It was like a dog you felt like you knew. And I swear, um, I don't feel that way when humans die, you know, unless I know them pretty well. Uh, but somebody else's dog, and uh, you know, I become a mess. So that is, uh, is the content that I had for today. So as I told you, it's sort of a slow news day. Um, so I'm going to take some questions, if you have any. Don't know if you have any. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll pick out as many as I can. So what are the odds we'll be in full pandemic mode in 2022 when the election happens? Um, not zero. I don't know. It's like a 50-50, I think. You make no news fun. How's Boo? Uh, Boo uh, is mewing differently, but she seems happy. Um, it looks like <laughs> it looks like she's uh, maybe recovering from whatever her problem was, but I'll have her take I'll have somebody take a look at her. Um, what's the recall election looking like? Well, I don't know. Can we trust any polls uh, that are close? When the polls are saying that something is forty eight percent and you need fifty percent, they're talking about the recall election in California. Uh, that feels too close to call. So I don't have any special insight into that, except that uh, we might see a, sort of a Trump derangement syndrome, kind of a shy voter thing happening, maybe. So the closer it is to 50%, I would say the higher the likelihood the recall will happen. Somebody has a Dilbert lunchbox over on Locals. Get a picture of it. Uh, the smoke here is terrible. Uh, where I am. Will hypnosis help you learn another language? I've never heard of that. I would be skeptical that that would be a useful use of it. Um, Would you do a mini lesson on overcoming OCD? Well, so here's the problem. Um, I, because I'm not a medical professional, uh, something as serious as OCD, that's not really something I'd mess with. So uh, just being a, a hypnotist who knows about persuasion, that, that doesn't get you to where you should be messing with OCD. Now, there may be some things I could suggest that you could try that would be you know, obviously harmless, but beyond that, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd stay away from that one, I think. Um, where do I buy my weed? I'd rather not say, but it's legal in California. Uh, I love the fact that it can be delivered. <laughs> I'll tell you, golden age. Best time management tip? I'm going to give you the most uh, non-obvious time management tip over here. Do too many things. Now you say to yourself, well, that's, you know, that's pretty contrarian. If you have too many things to do, then you're busier. How is that good time management? Well, one of the things I discovered when Dilbert took off and I was still doing my day job and I was trying to write a book and and I was so busy, you couldn't even believe it. Um, I found out that it was easier to turn people down if they knew how busy you were. So if you get busy enough to the point where everybody says, oh, he's never going to even answer, you know, take my call, 
when you're so legendarily busy that people don't even ask you something because they know that you're never going to get to it, then you're free. <laughs> and it's really hard to get there. But I'm going to reveal a secret. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something I've never admitted for my entire career. <laughs> uh, those years when I was the busiest, and I was legitimately quite busy, it was really easy to find time for myself. Because I could just say, I'm so busy, I can't get back to you. And it was true. But because of that, I could just ignore everybody. Because everybody thought I was working on something else. So if I didn't get back to you, you thought, well, I understand, he's got 10 things to do. But since 19 out of 20 things were going to be late anyway, I could just take the day off. (laughs) And so if you could push all the way past busy to the point where you're so busy you can't possibly get things done, like nobody would even expect that you could possibly handle the mountain of things you have to do, once you get there, you're free. (laughs) I've never admitted that before. It was my finest trick, and I... I discovered it completely by accident when people would start contacting me and saying, I know you can't get back to me, but... And I'd be like, well, I guess I'm free. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was awesome. Um, uh, how was the air show? Uh, so Christina's in her second day of the air show today. So she, she did two flights yesterday, uh, and she's got, I think, at least one more, maybe two more today. And then we'll have some kind of a judging, I guess. Um, will the recall vote in California have shenanigans? Well, I feel we're at the point where elections are determined by the rule makers, not the voters, because everything ends up close in terms of the voters. And then the difference is what rules they use that year. You know, did you allow ballot harvesting? Yes or no? So I think all that stuff determines who, who gets elected. Um, let's see. Uh, WenHub tokens. Well, I wish I could give you better news on the WenHub tokens, but I will tell you that uh, there is at least one app under development that would make use of them. Now, uh, that's not enough of a tip to go out and you know load up on Wen tokens, but it's true. There, I, I do have personal knowledge of an app that's under development um, that would use the tokens. Uh, what is the proper spelling of your wife's name? Oh, it's uh, K-R-I, Christina. Um, not everything is close. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Can you start over? Sure. Do you like trains? That is an interesting question. Do I like trains? Well, I like their uh, energy efficiency. But otherwise, I'm not too excited about it. Um, Oh, thank you, Ed. Yeah, you know, I heard a lot about that. So Ed is talking about how during the early part of the pandemic, I was doing uh, morning and evening uh, live streams. And I was doing it specifically because people needed to be talked off the ledge and the regular media wasn't providing much entertainment. So I was just jumping in to do what I could. Now, I didn't realize how much difference it made. 
because I'm still hearing, you know, a year later, uh, people are still contacting me and telling me that uh, some version of it, it really helped them or saved their life or kept them sane or something along those lines. So you never know. Yeah, and I'm seeing in the comments people are uh, people are confirming that. You never really know. <laughs> Swamp captain. Uh, uh, I'm still seeing uh, the, the blanket that I used during the pandemic. By the way, how many of you know the inside joke about the blanket? And I'm not going to tell you what the, the, what the answer is, but how many in the comments, how many know that the, the plaid blanket was always an inside joke? I've seen some people say yes. Now, most of you won't know it, so it would be unusual if you knew it. But uh, let, let's say it's a deep joke. Um, it, it's a reference to something. <laughs> so that, that can be your, uh, your homework. Uh, if I if I told you, it would ruin it. So I would tell you, because um, I, I agree with the rule that if you bring it up, you need to finish it. Do you have that rule? Uh, the rule should be that if you bring it up, you should have to finish it. Uh, but I was waiting for somebody in the comments to do it for me. All right, so on Locals, somebody solved the puzzle. Yeah, so it's a reference to something in a book I wrote called God's Debris. And uh, if I finished explaining what that's about, it would be a spoiler for the book. So you don't want to hear it from me. So don't, don't spoil the book. I'll just say that it was, a, uh, it was a reference to something. And if you knew what the reference is, uh, it would be funny to you. That's all. All right, King Salmon Fish says, it's easier to hack the people than the systems. Even some lamestream... Blah, 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 decide the fate of the... Yeah, you know, it is... That's probably true. It's easier to brainwash the voters than it is to hack the system. But if you can do both, even better. Um, (laughs) So, um, let me ask this. For those of you on YouTube, did today's live stream seem any different? Uh, To the people on Locals... Wink, wink, wink. Um, just, so just for the YouTube people, was there anything uh, different that you noticed today? Uh, the lights. Somebody said, oh, yes, it's just a little bit darker. That's true. Somebody said uh, uh, the mic. Somebody said it's slower. Okay. Darker lighting, some audio issues. Mary just says yes, but doesn't say what. Uh, most of you think it's the lighting. Oh, um, somebody says that my energy was, uh, I guess, both high and low. So did my energy go up and down? Was that it? My T-shirt. What's different is my T-shirt. So it looks like uh, this was just like every other live stream, except for the lighting and possibly... No, it's not a V-neck. I'm just being sloppy here. I use two microphones because I'm, I'm live streaming. By the way, uh, let me give you an update on my attempt to live stream on the Rumble platform. Uh, we're, we're still in the phase where I asked to be a creator and then nothing happens. So 
I'll, I'll keep updating you. <laughs> so we're on day, uh, day whatever of either I'm waiting for them or they're waiting for me. So it's, what, it's always one of those things, and I'm part of the problem myself. Um, all right, I think that's all I wanted to talk about today. So I'm going to go run. Oh, somebody says, how's the drumming? Let me tell you, the, the process of learning drumming at my age is way more interesting than I think that if, I, than if I'd learned it you know, as a kid. Now, part of the problem is, of course, I'll never be good at it, because if you don't learn it, at least young-ish, I don't think you could ever be good at it. And uh, so I'm just trying to get to a point where I can you know, play along with some popular song. Now, I think I'll, I'll get there. I'm getting pretty close. But... Uh, it's fascinating to follow the thought process, the learning process, to learn about how you learn and to, to watch it happen as it's happening and such. And there's a whole mental process that you have to get. And, and you're effectively, you're rewiring your own brain. And the fact that you can um, disassociate your limbs so that your right hand, your left hand, your right leg, and your left leg and even um, maybe even your shoulders, are independently, and then your brain, all doing different functions. So the, and the fact that, you know, especially at my age, to imagine that at my age, somewhat effortlessly, uh, I just practice until I, um, I have what's called separation, meaning that my limbs can operate separately, and I can have, put them on automatic, and then I can think of other things. I uh, like thinking about the weather while all five of my limbs are playing like a bee. It's amazing. You, know, you wouldn't think it's even possible. Uh, but watching that happen is just really just fascinating. You can feel your brain getting rewired. Uh, yeah, five of my limbs because my shoulder's involved. That's my fifth limb. Uh, the video is great. How did I solve it? Well, I'm using just a, a cheap lavalier clip-on for YouTube but I'm going through a Rodecaster Pro. It's a mixer. So I think that does a little bit of something to it. On the Locals platform, I started just going directly in because I've got a new iPad, and I don't know if, I don't know if the processor is better or something. But the audio seems to work great on, on Locals as well. Um, <laughs> what do you know cannot share? Oh, that's such a tantalizing question. But yeah, that would be cheating. Because if I told you what I know, but I can't share, uh, that would sort of obligate me to tell you. Because you hate, you hate to bring up something you know. It would be like I, if I told you, well, I, I know about the UFOs, but I can't tell you. How much would you hate that? By the way, I don't know about the UFOs. I mean, I have an opinion that they're not real. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, give us a little chunk of cheese. <laughs> let me, well, let me say this. Uh, I will tell you that the there were there will probably be additional real stories of the the Trump era. So. I can tell you that my version of what happened for the last five years does not match yours. 
and that there, there would be some number of people who are, let's say, further behind the curtain, you know, even than I am, who would have yet other versions. And I think where they differ is knowing what mattered. Because there are lots of ways you can look into, into that house. You know, you can look into the house through all kinds of different windows and doors. But not everything matters. And there are versions of what happened in which a different set of variables are believed to be the ones that mattered. So I'll, so I'll just say that. But it's more than one view. I'm not saying that there's one magical view and that's mine and that's the one you would adopt. Um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll be a dick and I'll tell you... <laughs> this is pretty dickish. But I'll tell you one thing. That, the, that you don't have any idea what topics I've influenced directly. And I'm talking about really directly. And you, you probably never will. Because by their nature, you know, there are things that I either would never be able to talk about or not for a long time. But there, there's a whole lot going on that I had some kind of uh, substantial impact on that you'll just never hear about. And... Uh, so, so much so that if I tell anybody privately, you know, because privately I, there's nothing I wouldn't talk about. None of it is state secrets, by the way. I'm not talking about any kind of like, you know, deep, like shocking secrets that would change the nature of reality. I'm just talking about things I know that, that other people might not know. And uh, it would really change your, your view of things. But anyway, when I tell people privately, they literally don't believe it. So one of the reasons that I can't tell you, or I can't tell you in public, and I'm not talking about one thing, I'm talking about a, a collection of things, you know, so more, more like a, a narrative that's a little different than one you've seen. Um, it's literally not believable. Actually, literally not believable. And so it really prevents me from telling it because it's not believable. It would be like, for example, this is, this is not the case, but it would be like this. It would be like an actual angel came down and talked to me privately and gave me some secrets. And then I went and said, hey, you're not going to believe this. But an angel, no, no, a real one, a real angel came to me and gave me some secrets. And, uh, and then you'd say, well, okay, we're done here. I do not believe an angel talked to you. And I'd say, no, no, that's not the important part. Let me tell you the secrets. And you'd be like, hmm. Maybe keep your secrets, because I don't believe an angel came down to earth and talked to you. And I'd be like, don't get obsessed by that part. I'm just going to tell you what he told me. I'm like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> all right. So that's all for now. And uh, I will talk to all of you tomorrow. See you then.